Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, we're back once again at the Corner of Truth and Courage, and we're hearing of more violence going on in Afghanistan. I am fairly certain we are not hearing the end of the atrocities that are going on, and that will probably happen as we are trying to get our, tr- you know, our people out and those who helped us and served with us in this war against Islamic terrorism. It's clear that we didn't win this battle. It's clear we didn't uh, succeed in our mission, really, in Afghanistan. I've shared with you in the past some of my views about it. Let me just quickly reiterate it. But I want to get back more into why is it that the Muslims are really, well, why is it that they want us dead? Why do they fight us? Why, well, what, you know, why do they send their people over in the first place on 9-11? We're coming up to the 20th anniversary of that. And the problem is, is that we've, we've not figured this out yet. Our nation has refused to look at the facts. We want to pretend that their motivation is something else than what it really is. And until we accept that it's their religion and that they have an extreme bias against us because of their religious beliefs, we're never, ever going to succeed in this battle against Islamic terrorism. I think one day we'll get fed up with the results and fire all those that are in the government that are trying to Uh, continue with this foolishness until they get it right. But anyhow, I don't know how many people have to die before we get to it. Here's what we should have done. And it goes all the way back to George Bush. When we went into Afghanistan, we've got to stop fighting battles, thinking that we can rebuild these people and these nations to be peace-loving nations. Um... You know, you've you've got to realize that's not going to work, especially if Islam is in the mix. And I want to, you know, kill this horse again, but it's just something that we, you know, need to address from time to time. Maybe you're listening to us for the first time here at Forge of Faith. And my background with Islam and Muslims being a foreign missionary and my studies, and, uh, and I can speak with absolute confidence that you're never going to succeed unless you war against Islam itself. If they pick a fight with us, if they do what they do to our people and our nation and attack us, we have to respond with a very heavy, heavy punishing hand in such a way that it is so devastating to them to put fear in them because they don't fear us especially with the leadership we have today. They don't fear us. And so if we don't hit them hard and hit them back many, many years and destroy their infrastructure, their economy, and everything, and then leave. But leave with a note. Now, if you want our help to rebuild, we'll help you, but here are the terms. No longer are we going to mess with Islam. That's gone. Islam got you in this mess this in the first place. And so unless you decide to do that, 
and embrace our values and our ways, we're not going to come and help you. What are we left with right now? I mean, we're, we're begging, please let us get our people out. Please, you know, help us get, you know, to get to our deadline and, and all that type of stuff there. I mean, we're not instilling to the world, to the bullies of the world, that we know to handle the bullies. Uh, they certainly have the upper hand. But let's get into it here today. Why is it that they, they, they do this? Why is it that Muslims fight us? Well, yesterday I was talking about jihad. Jihad is a mandate by their God and by their prophet to fight the unbelievers. And if you're an unbeliever of Allah and Muhammad being his prophet, then they have declared war on you 1,400 years ago. And if they have the opportunity to bring that battle to you, they will. And they have. And it's, it's vitally important to them. Let me read to you something that Muhammad had said. And this is recorded in the Hadiths, in the official records of the Islamic doctrines and everything else that they proclaim to be truth from their teachings of their prophet. Uh, Muhammad said this, Standing for an hour in the ranks of battle is better than standing in prayer for 60 years. So in other words, the credit you get in heaven, and this is how they get to heaven, by earning God's pleasure and to have him smile upon you for your obedience to him. It's a, it's a salvation-earned religion. He said, just one hour, 60 minutes on the battlefield is worth more, is better than standing in prayer for 60 years. They're to pray five times a day. So five times a day, 60 years of prayers. That's true dedication, my goodness. But Muhammad said just spending six, 60 minutes on the battlefield is worth more. So don't tell me that Islam does not uphold and hold high the teachings of jihad. It's very clear within their religion. Chapter 9 of the Quran is the most violent of all the chapters, and uh, it's the last chapter that Muhammad was uh, had given. It's the ninth place because it's the you know largest uh, ninth largest chapter of the Quran, and so therefore it is. And and in that we don't have the Bismillah. It's this certain identifiable things about chapter nine that's different from any other uh, chapter of the Quran. And in that chapter he declares Christians Mushkaroons because we worship three gods: God the Father, God the Son, and Mary. He didn't quite understand Christianity, did he? But um, he thought we worship three gods, and so therefore we're now declared Mushkaroons, polytheists, and they are to fight us, verse 29, fight those who believe not in Allah, nor the last day, nor hold that which is forbidden by Allah and his messenger, even if they be the people of the book. The people of the book is the Bible, the Jews, and the Christians. Now, for years, he had said that Christians are nearest their faith, but in the last chapter, he now tells them to go after us. He declares us as infidels and fight us until we pay jizya. 
and that is the poll tax. That is So basically, the last chapter that Muhammad had given them wasn't the great salvation message, wasn't the great commission to go and win the world to their, to their faith and to, you know, by teaching their doctrines, which is what our Savior gave us at the last uh, part of his life here on earth, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and to make disciples. No, he tells uh, Muhammad, uh, gives the last word to fight them until they pay jizya. In other words, live, it's the great financial solution. Fight them until they pay you, and you extort them, and you live off the back of the Jews and Christians, the people of the book. That's what chapter 9 is really all about. But let me close with um, uh, this in the last few uh, minutes we've got of this short broadcast. It's called The Blessing of the Shaheed. Five times Muhammad is reported to teaching this. In the Hadith, we have these records. It's called the seven blessings of the Shahid. The martyr, the Shahid, has seven blessings from Allah. He is forgiven from the moment his blood is first shed. So in other words, if you want to earn salvation, here's the one guaranteed way you can do it, is to die as a Shahid, as a martyr, and do that performing jihad, killing of the infidel. And if you die in that, your sins are forgiven the moment your blood is shed. He will be shown his place in paradise, number two, so you'll have a glorious home in, he- in heaven. Number three, he'll be spared the trial of the grave. You don't have to stand on the day of judgment there. There'll be, a, there'll be placed on his head a crown of dignity, so you'll have a crown of glory. Then you'll also be given a, a ruby, which is better than this world and all that is in it, so this one ruby is going to be worth all the riches of this world. And the sixth blessing is one you've heard of. He'll be married to 72 Al Horland, 1772 virgins. They'll be eternally renewed. And if you read other things that he taught on these virgins and the sexual things they'll be doing to them, it's a glorious uh, appeal to young men, isn't it there? But the seventh blessing is probably more appealing than the sixth, believe it or not. He'll be permitted to intercede for 70 of his relatives and friends. So not only does he gain his salvation, he gains the merit and the salvation of 70 other people. And so this is why suicide bombers, like we saw happen yesterday, who went into a bunch of infidels and blew himself up, killing the infidel, performing jihad, making himself as a shaheed. And you'll see this time and time again, when Muslims perform their terrorist activities, they are trying to die in the process of doing so. There have been a number of examples of the, uh, of the terrorists waiting around for the police to come so they can have this last fight and lose their own life because they want this. They want the promise of the Shahid, gaining them all these glorious things that they think they're going to get because Muhammad had told them so and their Quran had told them so and that, uh, that they'll plead for 70 others. So not only do they gain their own salvation, they gain the salvation of many others. Uh, folks, this is an evil ideology. And this is why when the Muslims say, we love death more than, more than life, how can you fight against us when we are so willing to die? You want to live. We want to die. What do they mean by that? 
We want the pleasures of the shaheed and gain our salvation to please our God to kill the infidel. And so this battle, and, and until we get our heads around this here in the West, that Islam is not compatible as a pluralistic religion that it can, you know, uh, live side by side with us. Now, there are Muslims here in our country that do live peacefully. Fortunately, they've been taught, as I've been trying to explain to you, a reformed version of Islam, the Ottoman Empire, largely over the 500 years of rule that they had, had kind of adulterated the religion and it began to teach things that are not faithful to the Quran, not faithful to the Prophet Muhammad. And these things that, that we discuss are clearly found in their documents, in their Quran, in their Hadith, in their doctrines. They're not hidden, but you see, Muslims aren't encouraged to study their faith. They're just, uh, so you don't question it, and you just trust what we're telling you. And they teach it in a language that they don't speak in Arabic. And so the average Muslim is in the dark. They don't understand, they don't know. So most Muslims in the West have been taught this peaceful version of Islam. Now, if that's what it really truly was, then a, we wouldn't be having the terrorism. We've been having uh, these wars and all that stuff. And we'd be having a different story and an outcome. But because this is the true side, the true nature of Islam, we will continue to fight it and lose until we truly recognize the re- reality and the truths of Islam and bring it to its end. In doing so, we rescue Muslims away from a false teaching and show them the truth, which is the word of God, and the real Savior, Jesus Christ. I'll talk more about that next week here at Fortress of Faith. I hope you'll join us. God bless you.